0: Hi, it's Bernie Goldbach on the Pen & Pixel account. We're using the account here at Pen & Pixel to talk about things that relate to creative multimedia, digital animation, and creative media in business. We'll do a few lost stories that follow a theme that we're teaching in the uh, LSAD, the Limerick School of Art and Design, campus in Clonmel, County, Tipperary, Ireland. I hope you enjoy this series. Lost stories mean a lot to me. Up first, Carla McKnight, Her Lost Story. Hi, this is Carla McKnight from Digital Animation Production, and today we're talking to Orla McKnight about her lost stories. Right, hi. Hi. Uh, So, today we're going to talk about differences in Dublin and Mayo and some moving things and that sort of stuff. So we're going to start with something simple. You grew up in Dublin and you moved to Mayo, so what made you decide to move?
1: Well, it was, Dublin isn't really the kind of place you want to bring up kids. So we wanted a better life for our kids. So we decided Mayo was the place. We already had family here. So that's why
0: we moved here. Hmm. Uh, how old were you when you moved? I was 21. Do you think that your age had any effect on your decisions at all?
1: Yeah, probably because if I was older... I think I would have been more settled and probably wouldn't have moved. What was it like growing up in Dublin? It was good and bad. It was fun because I suppose you were in an estate and, you know, Dublin people have different ways of doing things. Like Halloween, you'd be collecting wood for weeks and it was a real community kind of effort. And um, Bad, I suppose, because everywhere you went was crime and... We lived in Coolock, that was full of crime. So, I suppose a bit of both, and the shopping was great, obviously.
0: <laughs> what were the biggest differences you noticed when you moved? It,
1: it was a lot slower way of life. Everybody knows everybody and knew everything about everybody, and if you weren't from the area, It was like, it was their mission to find out who you knew, where you came from. And I suppose I found it very hard to adjust that everyone knew your business.
0: Are there things that still bother you about mail?
1: Yeah. (laughs) 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 I still, after how many years of living here, 20 odd years, I don't like that everybody has to know your business. And I find people can be very gossipy as opposed to in Dublin, nobody really cared what you did and they just go about their own business whereas here everybody has to talk about everybody and it drives me mad.
0: Are there things you prefer about here?
1: Yeah I suppose again like with small and their kids now it's better for them here. The schools are smaller as well
0: and it's safer. It's just safer for the kids I suppose. Do you think you'd ever like to live in Dublin again if rent prices were not an issue?
1: Absolutely not. I like going up to live to visit Dublin for shopping and stuff, but it sounds really stupid, but if I go back near where I lived, I'd feel nervous at night, you know, going around in Dublin. and You don't
0: you know, think it's changed a lot? Do you think it's the same?
1: I think it's worse. It's oh. way worse. <laughs> okay. Way worse. I wouldn't go around Dublin at night time anymore. I suppose I would have when I lived there, but I
0: wouldn't now. Mm. Um... And finally, do you have a memory that you would like to share about living here or living in Dublin? Uh, a lost story, if you will.
1: <laughs> um, God, I don't know. I think all my stories from Dublin are all, like, bad stuff. Getting <laughs> things <laughs> stolen and going out with your friends. And No, I suppose. I suppose the thing I loved most about Dublin was when I was a teenager because the music scene I was into... There was a disco just for that. I suppose you wouldn't get that here and it was The Grove and everybody Mm. just went there and everybody liked the same music and it was just really cool and you'd meet up on a Saturday, a big group of like maybe 50 people that were like rockers Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there'd be fights and stuff but the majority of it was
0: great fun. Thank you very much. This has been Carla McKnight, interviewing Orla McKnight for Lost Stories. Hi, uh, I'm Elaine Russell and for I'm here talking to Bernie Russell uh, just a
2: little bit about her dad. So what was your dad like? My father was a hard worker. He was funny. He was kind. And he could You'd a uh, temper, too, <laughs> at the same time, yeah. And you grew up in a pretty large family. Yeah, there was 12 of us, six boys and six girls. And like, how did your dad manage you? My mother was the one that laid down the law. <laughs> Not my father. My father was too soft to lay down the, the law. He'd let us away with everything. But my mother used to lay down the law. Did he ever get up to any mischief? Oh, my father. Well, he told the stories of when he was younger. He was always up to mischief himself and his brother John. Um, they were always at something or other, but the one of the stories I remember him telling me was um, when they were about twelve, eleven or twelve, himself and his brother John were uptown, and there was a pub and it had a railing, and wooden and fence around it. Uh, garden part and there was a man in town for the day for his few pints and he had a donkey and cart with him so the two lads anyway got the bright idea to play a joke on him so right they took the the ass off the cart and they brought the cart inside the fence and they put the Oh, I don't know what you call them, of the cart, you know, the oh, rods or whatever you call them, of the cart, out through the railings. And then got the donkey and tied the donkey on to the cart again. So your man came out from the pole and he had a few pints in him. And he was trying his best and he would have all donkey and he took him ages to cop <laughs> that's what had happened to him and he was looking around for it. who did it to him like but the lads were well gone at this stage and so someone passing had to come and and sort it out for him again <laughs> were they ever caught no they were never caught no he uh, um, my uncle john used to uh to, he used to have an air rifle And he used to be out at night, I know it sounds crazy, but he'd be out at night and and he was shooting at the bell of the Protestant church. (laughs) But um, they were known as the two messes in in the town anyway, my father and his brother John. Were they pretty wild? No, not wild, they were just mischievous, I suppose. They never did anyone any harm or anything like that, it's just mischief they got up to.
0: And did he ever have any sayings, or did he ever, when you were younger, or did he ever play any tricks on you?
2: Oh, he did, all right. Um, all the time he was playing tricks on us. When you, you, <laughs> we were younger, and we used to go into the bathroom or anything like that, he'd turn off the light, and he'd leave you there, rolling, who put the lights out? He'd do things like that, and anything mischievous at all. He'd tie your shoelaces together. Uh, you know, two shoes. You tie the shoelaces together, and you'd be trying to get out to school in the morning, and you'd be trying to unnotch your shoelaces and that. No, but he, he was good. He had a half gold. He was caretaker of the local hotel, and they it was four, four, four or five floors in the hotel, and they had a lift, and the lift was put in when the hotel was built, of course, but it. It was a German lift. One time I remember being very young and the Germans coming over to fix the lift. It was broken and um, they couldn't fix it, couldn't fix it. And my father knew the lift inside out and upside down. He'd used, you know, playing with it for years and he was the only one that was able to fix the the lift. after After all, the Germans coming over to fix it. Thank you very much. You're welcome.
3: Hello everyone, uh, today I'm recording an untold story as part of my creative multimedia course, media writing class, for Bernie Goldbach. Today I'm here with Dara, and Dara, what is your untold story? Uh, my untold story is about me when I was younger, and uh, how I got a scar that is located on my chest. Um, how did you get the scar? So, uh, it was... A silly incident. Uh, I was out the back with my brother and my friend and I, at the time, had a trampoline. I used to play on this trampoline the whole time. It kind of got worn down a lot, the net. We were the on that, like twice, but it was still in ruin. Do you still have the trampoline? Oh no, we got rid of it so we could make uh, room for some dogs. sort of dogs you have? <laughs> yeah, two Jack Russells. But, oh, uh, cute. Yeah, so uh, I was out the back and... We are playing this game where I throw the ball into the net and they have to try to stop it before it hits the ground of the trampoline. It's a great game, I've played it many times. Yeah, I, I agree, yeah, it's an awesome game. Uh, however, in this incident, it didn't end up being the best for me. So, as the person outside, I had to go retrieve the ball that they had knocked out, uh, which was behind the trampoline, which was close to a wall. and. I had to try squeeze up it between the trampoline and the wall but since the trampoline was so worn down uh, it was all rusted and jag- jaggedy and there were like parts of the poles that were kind of jutting out and broken and uh, it was a really hot day so I was shirtless and as I was trying to squeeze through uh, a piece of metal caught my chest and completely like cut uh, just under my uh, it's under my, like, peck, I guess is what you call it. Uh, uh, yeah, so I just got a scar under, like, on my torso because I was trying to get a ball from underneath a trampoline. What did you do after the incident? Uh, it was, funnily enough, uh, I was a stupid kid and I was told, hey, don't go on that trampoline because it was dangerous. Well, obviously, proven correct uh, as uh, that happened. And... uh I didn't want my mother to know that I was on the trampoline, so I hid that from her, and uh, at the risk of getting tetanus, because I don't believe I got my tetanus shots at that point, so very at risk for tetanus, got o- o- open by a like a rusty metal pole, and I just hid it because I didn't want her to know that I was on the trampoline. Would you be self-conscious about the scar if someone saw it? Well, first of all, it's in a kind of unseen area. I'm always wearing a t shirt or a jacket, so nobody really sees the scar unless in an odd situation, like going swimming pool or something. Secondly, I kind of like the scar, it looks really cool. And it's kind of a motivator to get into shape because uh, then I'll be able to show it off, but with the like flab and the moves, uh, <laughs> I prefer to hide it for now. Uh, thinking back on the incident, would you change anything? I definitely changed something. I uh, tell my mother I just got caught by a metal pole that's very rusted at risk of getting tetanus. That's a really stupid thing to hide. <laughs> uh, when did you did you actually tell your mother like that you got caught? Or did uh, she just find out? I like three months later she saw a scar that developed. I didn't get stitched with her because I hit it and I didn't go to the hospital, so it just naturally healed over. Uh, so she seen the scar and like, What happened? I'm like, Oh yeah I was running past the press and the press caught me. Yeah, it's a bullshit story. Believable. No, not at all, but you know, she like she just let it go because I wasn't going to tell the truth. That was Dara's untold story. Thank you for tuning in. Dara, thank you for telling me your story. And thanks for having me. Hey, it's Bernie Goldbach. in the Limerick School of Art and Design where I work. Students have created dozens of clips about different topics you can subscribe using google play or your itunes podcatcher by just asking the podcast subscription point for pen pixel create and you'll get all the stories every day i'm trying to make sure we have 15 to 20 minutes of content made by students that you can listen to i'm bernie i'm top gold on good social networks and you're listening to Ten Pixel Create on all good podcast networks. Thanks for tuning in to more stories, more lost stories from the Creative Media Program in the Limerick School of Art and Design. Bye for now.